Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Happy May 22nd, 2022. Those in the Zendos, please feel free to sit in a way that you can see the screen. 522-2022, five twos in the date. What an interesting coincidence, or is it? Here where Sukosan and I live, it's become very hot suddenly. It feels like summer and the upper 90s are predicted. I can only feel for our friends at New York Zendo who are planning to have a tea ceremony outside this afternoon. Maybe iced tea would be a good choice for that. Things are coming to an end for many of us who work in higher education. The school year winds down and everything seems to be preparing for a summer. Lots of pollen, sneezing, headaches. And that's what we can say about nature. And there we pretty much accept that we can do very little about it. We can keep cool. We can take our medicines that keep us from sneezing constantly. But besides that, there's very little that we can do. Yet on the other hand, we find ourselves here in this time being extremely aware of the challenges that we are facing in society, in this world, just having passed the grim marker of 1 million individuals succumbing to the effects of that coronavirus. It is, you can't fathom that. That number is just unfathomable. But it's not only that. We hear about inflation, People's retirement savings are going down with Wall Street taking dives. There is a war that continues in, in Ukraine. At the same time, the United States are sending more troops to Somalia. Supreme Court draft opinions leak. We hear about the rise of religion-based nationalism, what should we do? What can we do is a question that comes to mind as keenly as we feel the heat of this oppressive day. To reflect on this a little bit, I looked into the Kido Roku, the Kido Goroku, the sayings of Master Kido Chigu, or it's called the, the record of the empty hall. Uh, and there's a koan in here that I would like to share this morning. 
By now, it is this afternoon. It is case 78 of the Kido Goroku in the translation uh, of the first edition of it by Joel Hoffman. And here it goes. Master Kyozan was waiting on Master Isan when suddenly the cry of a bird was heard. Isan said, it says it as it is. Kyozan said, do not tell it to other people. Isan replied, why? Kyozan said, it is because it is too outspoken. Isan said, lots of doctrines are refuted by Kyozan. Kyozan replied, what is all this refutation business? Isan knocked on his seat three times. So, where is the connection to what I just presented? The birds are still singing. Even under all those circumstances and in the conditions that I just mentioned in the opening of this talk. And so it would be really nice to have some kind of guidance or some kind of, ideally, we long for a formula that tells us what to do, what to say, what not to say. But what about such a formula? Remember the Diamond Sutra in which the Buddha says there is no such formula. So, Kyozan and Isan, hearing this bird, from the Zen point, it could have ended right here. But that is Zen practice. When it comes to us returning into this human realm, which Isan does instantly by saying, it says it as it is. Is that wrong? Is that right? Is it necessary? Is it superfluous? So saying it is okay. And when I recall all the challenges that I just mentioned before, yeah, of course there is quite a bit of feeling of unease. There is a knowledge that, well, maybe in this case, not saying anything 
is not okay. Having lived through the last five years, we all know how suddenly a different mode of being came into existence where we couldn't help ourselves at times to be angry, to be angry, to be offended, to be even to a certain degree desperate. Seeing what is happening, seeing how we as human beings in society create circumstances that make life so much more challenging and difficult for many in this society than it ought to be. And, well, we could say it's all about money. Maybe it is all about money in the end. Having and not having or keeping people from having. But even money is just an idea. Well, you can count it in the bank account. And you can see, we can all see the almost unshaken faith that it is a real thing, those numbers. And they give power. They give power and they deny power. So we are all somewhat familiar with being angry. And our first instinct is to go out and loudly make our anger known. This is so much better than resorting to any kind of violence. It's important to be able to express that. After all, we live in a society that values free speech. Free speech, another very, very hot topic. And certainly not a carte blanche or a pass to say whatever one wants to say. Certainly for us, from our point of view as human beings on this path of introspection, of looking into this human condition, we can certainly say yes, we have the option to exercise this right to say in free speech, whatever we want to say. But we have to also ask ourselves, must it be said that way? How do we say it? And sometimes, maybe, we can get caught up in just talking, just saying, or just being angry, which in the end, as we all know, just prolongs any steps that we could take to actively contribute to conditions that are more likely to affect change.
Think of course, Andaito Kokushi with his uh, last admonition. He tells us exactly a story that we are seeing play out just from a different point of view. Kozendaito says, no matter how big your Sangha becomes, how loudly you chant the sutras and play the Mokugyo and everything, even if the sutras are written in gold and silver, that is not anyone who I would call one of my Dharma descendants. Professing to being a Zen practitioner, professing to be a conscious human being, con uh, professing to be compassionate or even religious is not enough. So when the bird sings, Isan says, it says it as it is. Kyozan said, do not tell it to other people. In the context of the koan, it is when you know that it is as it is, and this is it. depending on who you are with. And here we have Isan and Kyozan. There is no need for Isan to say anything, but they discuss it for our sake, for our sake so that we can learn from it. Do not tell it to other people. There are no other people, especially between Isan and Kyozan. So Kyozan is kind of poking at Isan saying, yeah, you didn't have to say that. This was superfluous. And Isan comes back and says, why, why, why? Kyozan saying, it is because it is too outspoken. Anyone who heard the bird heard it. There is nothing to be added to the song of this bird by describing it, by talking about it. And that is what Kyozan is saying here. Now, of course, Isan won't let him just go and not have another chance trying to bait his friend. So he says to Kyozan, lots of doctrines are refuted by Kyozan, saying, well, you really like to argue about things, right? And you refute that this is it? But Kyozan doesn't take the bait. Kyozan just says, ah, what is all this refutation business? He doesn't 
take the bait. And the ping pong just ends with Isan knocking three times on his seat. It would be nice for us to believe that things are just as they are and we can't do anything about it, but that is not true either. Yes, it is what it is, most certainly. And Isan and Kyozan show us that at times we do have to talk about it. We do have to attend to it. Also, in a way that in the end, how does the, how does the koan end? In action, with an action by Isan. Again, in a nonverbal way, giving his expression of the appreciation he has for Kyozan. So when we face these challenges, we have to be very careful how we go about it. Being indifferent is not a way to go about it that is helpful. It might be at times necessary for us when we find ourselves in a, in a place in our lives in a place where, there, where we need to take time to gather strength or to just look at things to learn about how they are, that we can take this position of indifference, not affirming, not negating. So even indifference can be used as a gate into this dharma. And what we are talking about here, all of these events, all of these conditions are dharma gates that allow us to step into this practice of an introspective human being investigating that condition of what it means to be a human being. Birdsong is no other than the written first draft opinion leaked from the Supreme Court. Not any different. A Dharma gate, a gate that allows us to look very, very closely. Now we can go out and start protesting in front of people's houses who we see to be of the opposing side. That's a wonderful thing to do. But we have to learn that also protests might become ineffective when those who we are actually wanting to listen to what we have to say, just don't listen. 
we have to be careful and it's very difficult to find that out in ourselves where the expression of our anger, the expression of our disappointment, the, or even the expression of our aspirations becomes a self-serving and self-based expression. It is not unlike Zazen, in Zazen, you know, how many, if you have read anything about Zen history, about the ancestral teachers, how many of them have awoken through anger? Well, not anyone I know. So like, let me pose the question in a different way. Have you experienced in your Zazen practice anger with yourself at times? Well, that's a question that we probably all can answer with a resounding yes. So anger has its place. It has its place as the initial point that can lead us through introspection and through working with the anger, through rejection at first, to then I would call it neutrality, but ultimately to the transformation of this anger into what I hope we all can strive for, what I would call compassionate resolve. Why is that so important? It is a very different approach in this apparent opposition of that what, of that which we would call right in the sense of the Eightfold Path and that what is just plainly wrong. That which is inhumane, that which is oppressive. And one actually, one of the recent events made me become keenly aware that this is also a great opportunity for many of us who have in the systems we live quietly enjoyed privileges that we are not aware of to receive the taste, what it means to be subjected to a potential systemic oppression. When we th think about a political system a religious system or any kind of system telling a specific group of us human beings that they have no choice or control over their own physical body. Many of us might get for the first time to taste what it means to stand against a human-built system that inherently enables 
oppression and to feel oppression and to know that even though we are not the individual cause for it, by being part of the systemic way of working, we are also responsible. And this is the difference now here that I wanted to point out very strongly. And that is when we face what seems so clearly oppositional, we cannot leave it by opposition. In the same way that in our Zazen, we cannot leave these parts that are angry, the parts that are traumatized, the parts that are uh, have been hidden away for so long in our psyche, in our recollection or wherever in our bodies even we cannot leave them out we have to work with this compassionate resolve to be able to make that connection that really is the basis for any kind of change it is very difficult i know it is very difficult but by seeing through that we are responsible. We are responsible for how all of this plays out, how our lives play out. This is what can bring us to this compassionate resolve that gets over making that what seems oppositional to be rejected. It's not to be rejected, it's to be transformed. Transformed in the same way that we transform ourselves and our view of the world, our experience of what it means to be a human being in this practice. We cannot rely on anger. Anger is used to stoke fears. Fear is a very, very strong force. But it has to be transformed into this compassionate resolve that we need so, so strongly in times like the times we live in. So can we leave it? with the birds singing at times? Absolutely. But when we hear about opinions, about laws, about rules, that we know in our heart are not right in the sense of the Eightfold Path. It's time to say something. It's time to do something. And just changing how we ourselves, in our own person, in our own interactions in society, manifest ourselves, is the seminal change the seminal change that will go into this society and make things different. 
If we are not an activist within ourselves to become a more alive human being, then our Zen practice needs more fire under it. And we all can do it in the way we are, in the way we manifest that compassionate resolve to make this world a better place. And Mandala Day is the best day to really be together and to tap into this and to transform this anger that we all might experience, this taste of bitter oppression that we might all anticipate or feel. So many of us feel it because it is the reality in which many live. Let's tap into that and let's make this mandala, a mandala that truly shines through the most remote and extreme connections that you can imagine. There is no other. We are all one and it is our job to realize that. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.